Hey, Sabri. What should we do on today's podcast? The same thing we do every podcast, James. Try to save the world. It's Aubrey and James. It's Aubrey and James. One is a jock. The other plays games. Welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of Two Fools Save the World. We are on a special location. This time, my house. <laughs> We're actually all here, kind of socially distanced. You know, we have uh, the gentleman over here have our mask on. Sabri, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, it's funny. I just pulled my mask down to start talking, and then you said we had it on, so I have to put it back up. <laughs> but things are doing good. We're doing our first podcast in a room together, and that's a first for the two fools. Yeah, we'll see how this goes with audio quality and whatnot. Hopefully it's good. Uh, also, this week we have a special guest. You know him in our episode 17 from our football talk. And Joseph, how's it going? Pretty good, man. I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be in the room with you guys, uh, socially distanced and masked, of course. Yeah, it's good to be here in Southern California, soaking in the rays, man. If you cough, we're sending you back to Montana. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, oh the way you sneezed the other day at and Costco and scared that Asian family standing behind you. <laughs> they were they were gonna take the last appetizer. I had to do something. <laughs> I mean, they scattered like like roaches turning the lights on, man. You <laughs> frightened them. Tell me that appetizer wasn't worth it when they left, though. It was. It was worth it. Well, I'm curious. What appetizer was it? It was, it was probably just bread. <laughs> <laughs> but it was free bread, and that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> All right. As always, you know, we're going to start off, uh, as we do every show, with... A little good news. A little good news. By two fools. And my good news this week is actually from my job, I actually got employed a month. And it's a funny story, too, because when the email came out that they awarded me with such an honor, I was actually watching YouTube and eating a sandwich at the time <laughs> the email came up. And the gentleman who actually wrote the email gave a really nice message of saying, you know, how I'm the behind the scenes person, the one who always willing to like give a helping hand, who always is in to improve and better the company. And I kind of had a little guilt trip on it because I was literally watching a YouTube video of somebody playing a video game and eating a sandwich at the same time. And I had no idea it was on me. I saw the email come in and I saw other emails congratulating me. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and seemed like, oh crap, to start responding to email. But I am honored that I am recognized by my job for Employee of the Month as uh, kind of like if you think of the Matrix, I am uh, the operator and I'm kind of the behind the scenes guy, but uh, that's my good news for this week. I hate to kill your good news, but did I ever tell you about when I was made Employee of the Month? We're talking your current job or the job that, uh, so side note, uh, we all actually worked at the same company. I don't know if we said that the last podcast that Joe was on, but we all worked in a previous once upon a time we worked all together so i was named employee of the month i got married the next month and then the next month after that i was fired and then i got a i i ended up uh being employed by the company that brought us all together so hey two months from now you might be fired and meeting new so what you're saying is i'm I'm gonna be married in a month from now and then (laughs) having a new job inside of that all right fair enough All I heard was Joe just stole James' good news, so. (laughs) 
I'm just forewarning, that's all. Sometimes being employee of the month isn't always the best thing, because people are like, they're paying attention to you a little bit more, is what it tells me. So let's not listen to Joseph on this good news, as I want to say congratulations to James for being employee of the month. And if anybody from his work is listening, I made him say that. He is working 100% of the time. So my good news of the week is Joseph is in town. And this is good news because when Joseph is in town, that means fantasy football is coming pretty soon. And fantasy football will be this weekend. And um, I'm glad just to be in the same room and hang out with Joseph because since he moved to Montana, we don't see him as much. But yeah, so that's my good news. Welcome to California, Joseph. I'm happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Believe me. (laughs) I need to get my last dose of sunshine before I have seven months of snow. Make sure you eat In-N-Out. I know at Montana all they do is serve uh, moose burgers. So uh, enjoy In-N-Out burger while you're here. Yeah, I'm mixing in some Chick-fil-A and anything anything else I can get here that's not in Montana for sure. All right. Well, I guess since I'm already talking, I might as well uh, bring up my good news. So... One thing that a lot of people don't know about me is I'm very passionate about recycling. (laughs) So when I saw the newsreel pop through that California was using recycled plastic in their asphalt mix for roads, it kind of caught me off guard. So I had to pull the article up. Sure enough, Highway 162 in California was made using recycled uh, li- uh, asphalt pavement and liquid plastic from plastic bottles, which I thought that was so awesome because I'm very passionate and it drives me nuts when I see people litter and trashing things everywhere, but I thought it was really cool. So keep recycling people. It matters. Sounds awesome. Sounds unsafe. I'll stick to the 605, but glad they're recycling. Well, I'm trying to think, where is that road at? Like, I don't know no road 162, so that's got to be somewhere out. Uh, that's cool. No, I'm, I'm in for the recycling. Plastic, paper, recycle. All right, well, going into today's topic. So, Sabri, and I'll give him credit for this because he actually kind of thought of, of this week's topic to say. Uh, what was funny, though, because he thought I didn't like this week's uh, t- So, he texted me last week giving me an idea or saying, what should we do on our next podcast? And I didn't immediately respond back to him. <laughs> so the first thing that he saw, he's like, okay, well, he doesn't like my idea. But no, actually, I thought this was a really good idea. Uh, we're talking about athletes. Particularly, what do we expect from today's athletes? You know, if athletes are, if they're doing enough uh, today, if they should be doing more, should they be doing anything on, we're kind of more or less talking about like where they stand on certain events. We're talking like in the Black Lives Matter movement. We're talking about certain political movements. Like where should they stand? And we're talking mostly are athletes doing enough? And the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, because everything is a lot of going on in the United States today with the Black Lives Matter movement. And we know Colin Kaepernick in particularly, he was a big movement for you know certain events that happened of the police kind of abusing their power uh, when it comes to just arresting people and yeah so colin kaepernick he definitely did start this movement or at least bring attention about uh, the injustice to black people and police brutality and 
if we go back then, I was a big supporter of what he was trying to stand for or take a knee for. And he did get it started. He also, they didn't pay attention to him as he was trying to, he got brushed off. But then little by little, some other athletes joined in and it became, you know, shining light to the matter a little bit more. But I have an issue with it because now we're in the biggest spotlight this issue has been in with different type of um, race issues and police issues. And I feel like he's nowhere to be found. So is he really... He was a former athlete that pretty much committed... Career suicide. For right. For doing it, yeah. For doing it. But now that the issue's at the, the highlight of the matter, he's nowhere to be found. You don't really hear about him. Um, when they were doing the big... When George Floyd died, they were doing these um, press conferences. He was not part of it, and I'm sure he could have been. So I'm curious to why he disappeared all of a sudden well when the george floyd stuff was going down and everybody was protesting uh colin kaepernick did offer at least for the uh, people who were protesting and they were arrested from that colin kaepernick offered to pay their bail and pay their like legal fees and that's the point is that enough is him just throwing his money out is that enough to what he could be doing because now people are getting normal people not even athletes are getting put in jail. They are um, protesting, getting hit with bean bags and pepper spray, but he's nowhere to be found. When essentially you could say he was part of the start of this revolution or matter, whatever you want to call it. So kind of disappointed that he's not in the mix of things at this moment. I mean, just because he's not on the front lines, I don't think you need to discredit exactly. I'm not saying you're discrediting him, but the movement that he started and what he stands for, uh, the fact that he's not doing anything today, uh, we're not like literally seeing it, I don't think means that he's not in support of what is currently going on. But what is he standing for now? If he's not around, if he's not, you know what I mean? This is what he wanted, right? Why would you want something, and then once it gets started, you disappear? So what he wanted, he got. He wanted to bring awareness to everything, right? He, he accomplished that. He brought awareness to everywhere. Now, you know, the movement is going. A lot of people are behind it. I think Dave Chappelle kind of put it pretty good. He had a seven-minute show that he talked about where a lot of people kept asking, you know, Dave, what do you think about this? Dave, what's going on with that? He's all like, I don't need to say anything. Like, they're taking care of business. They're already like out there protesting and doing a fantastic job. You know, who cares what Dave Chappelle thinks? Like, if we're looking for like Colin Kaepernick as a savior in this, I don't feel that's right. I feel everybody else has their beliefs and they're doing a pretty good job of fighting for what they believe for. So, in that sense, should every athlete take that approach and say the people are speaking for themselves? Why do they have to say anything at all? From my stance, I don't feel like they even need to, really. I mean, if you want to take a political stance, you have a platform to do it. Um, use your platform for good, basically, right? 
Unless you're a Trump supporter and fuck you. But anyways, <laughs> going aside, like continuing on that, as you can see where I stand. But just the matter of, you kind of bring into like more points, uh, like LeBron James and even, who, who was the, uh, the other, Kevin Durant, right? There was the one news reporter that basically just told him to shut up and dribble. Right. You know, if they were, and I do believe they did a lot of good. I, I think it was particularly Kevin Durant that was talking about how Donald Trump wasn't exactly a good coach for the United States, and just because somebody didn't believe with it, believe with what he said, they basically say, you know, shut up and dribble. You don't know anything. Kind of more or less attacked him type of thing. That's that's a huge issue though, because anytime you try to silence the other side, that's that's going to cause more problems than good. That that's one of the biggest issues that that I think a lot of people are are trying to navigate and, and work through right now in the United States is, you know, we, we are a big melting pot of, of people and ideas and, and beliefs and things. And part of what makes the United States amazing is we, we are a melting pot. We, we share ideas and beliefs and, and things openly, and we shouldn't have to fear for our lives or to be you know persecuted against or anything like that because of uh how we see things so i mean when when someone tells an athlete you know shut up and dribble or you know anything like that i i, I do have an issue with that they they're a person you know yeah they're an athlete but they're still a person and they're entitled to their opinion and whatnot and they if, if they choose to share it i mean i'm okay with it i just i mean when it comes down to athletes and sports uh and giving opinions on on anything whether it's political racial whatever it is uh i always take it as a grain of salt because i look at them as an athlete first uh that's how i know them i know them as an athlete i don't i don't know lebron james personally so i can't really speak to you know what if what he's saying he's truly well informed on or you know anything like that so i mean typically with my athletes i look i look to them to be an you know an athlete first as someone who's a, a consumer of the sport and what's going on i, I kind of almost feel like the news media puts those different things out there just to bait them into saying something dumb for clicks oh for sure knowing yeah, they that do. they're they're not going to be I mean, if you want to talk politics, why are you asking LeBron James or someone like that? Go to the the steps of of Congress and go ask someone who's an elected official or a secretary of an elected official. Yeah, they'd probably give a worse answer. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So my whole thing, too, with, with, I forget her name, but her telling uh, LeBron and... Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram, yeah. For her saying that to LeBron and Durant to shut up and dribble, it's like... Why does she think we want to hear her opinion any more than we want to hear their opinion? Like, she just made that assumption where we don't want to hear from her either. She doesn't know any better than anyone. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be an athlete in today's world. I think a lot of people put way too much pressure and pressure in an athlete to stand one way or another. Right? Yeah. They, they feel like they should be doing more. I f- on the stance where like I exactly kind of like you said Joe I don't go to look up to see you know LeBron James what he thinks about Donald Trump or what does he have his certain views on a certain political stance 
I, I just worry about if he's going to score 26 points and like be good on my fantasy team. That's mostly what I care about. Or if I care about, you know, how many uh, rushing yards, you know, Aaron Jones is going to get on my fantasy football team. I don't really care exactly if he boasts left or right. If he's a Trump supporter, I may drop him. But that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there to pick him up on the waiver wires. I don't care how he votes. Just no. run the ball. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if he's drop support, unless he gets a thousand, like over fifteen hundred yards rushing, then uh, you know I'll uh, I'll bypass the you know one one season. I'll, I'll give him a bye. But my my point is though, like I I am not looking for an athlete based on where they stand politically or at how they react to certain events or where they stand on certain movements. I I still think I still think Charles Barkley. Uh, did it right. I mean, he, you know, he was saying, you know, don't don't look up to me. Don't look up to me. And, and Charles is, you know, I've, I've heard some interviews with him and he's always pushed, you know, look up to your teachers, look up to your parents, look up to the people in your immediate circles around you that um, are trying to have an active, uh, positive influence on you, on your life and, and do something to to make it better or enhance it. I see a lot of good things that a lot of different athletes are doing. Um, you know, you know, JJ Watt, when, uh, hurricane, uh, was it Katrina? I'm trying to remember what hurricane. It was this last one. Yeah. It was Hugo. Was it Hugo? I I can't remember. When that one came through, I remember JJ Watt just started like a, uh, a relief fund and he just did it because he was like, look, it's something is small. You know, I got to try and do something to help. Uh, you know, I am kind of popular, so maybe I can convince some people to donate some money, right? And it turned it, it turned into something way bigger than what he ever thought it would become. And you know, he he was a champion for for Houston. He he didn't really set out to be that. He just turned right. into it. And, and I think I think in many ways, I, I think those types of stories are really cool with athletes because it's something that I think the common man or person in your neighborhood can can relate to they're they're not trying to push an agenda or get something in your face they're just trying to do something nice and it spins into something else because you know they're a pro athlete which is really cool i i I like when they're a human first and then because they're an athlete it it gains traction or it, it spurs good things to happen see i think that's a great example of an athlete doing more going beyond but what about athletes doing enough take for example the milwaukee bucks holding out um of a playoff game postponing it um because um another black man was shot by a cop um i forget his last name but jacob i believe was shot by a cop i think it was jacob blake blake yeah is it the last name blake yeah so they they ended up um holding out of the game they postponed the game but then the game happened, what, two days later? Yeah, a couple so, days later. So is them skipping the game, it makes a statement. But is it doing enough? Because they just played the game later, two days later. You know what I mean? I feel if this actually happened a month ago, maybe before, like George Floyd and everything else, because now it seems like all this is happening, there's a lot. The issue the issue that I kind of had, though, with what the Bucks did, I mean, I understand they're trying to bring awareness to it. I almost feel, and I think more information needs to come out. That That's the problem. I, I think people are being, at times, too quick to judge 
law enforcement when they're put into very difficult situations where they have to make a life or death decision at times in a second, uh, whether it's them or the other person, you know, and when the other person doesn't comply, it, it complicates things immensely. So I understand them sitting and, and thinking it's a part of a, a like a, a social justice movement and they want, you know, police brutality to end. But do we even really know if it was truly police brutality yet? Have they issued all the reports? And I'm going to probably say no. They, they haven't issued all the reports. All the details are not out there. I mean, it's hard. It's just I have a hard time with the knee jerk reactions when you don't have a complete report of all the events that happened. You know, if if everything comes out and it comes to light that, you know, it, it was excessive force and, and due process is going to happen. And then they say on top of it, yeah, no, we we're going to, you know, strike or pause or whatever, because we don't we want to bring more attention to this. I mean, I kind of get it then a bit, but it just seems like everyone's over right now. Everyone's so sensitive. It's almost like they're just looking or waiting for something to almost overreact to. Sensitivity is a good point. I do feel a lot of people are being sensitive and jumping to conclusions. This is actually starting, like to me at least, almost feels like, you know, every week it would seem like to be another school shooting. You look in the news and be like, oh, shit, another, you know shooting happened and like somewhere in the u.s and things like that it's almost kind of becoming more of that you see in the news like okay another cop shot and it's a black black guy or like shot a person behind the back and you kind of like read and go on it and it just seems like it's becoming more and more and more it's starting to get a little bit of a feel of uh like the media is almost pushing trying to push a narrative or bring more attention to to things that they used to really not bring a lot of attention to just because it's like the hot thing right now right and 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 it's it's putting and people are i think at times overreacting to some of it i'm not i'm not trying to say that you know attention and, and things should not be brought to it but it's we're almost jumping to conclusions too much on some of these things. Yep. I mean, the Sabre's point bringing up about them canceling the playoffs. Is it enough? I mean, honestly, I don't feel like the Bucks canceling the playoff game. I felt that didn't really do anything for the movement itself. They just well, canceled the game for a couple of days. Right, and then they did it. Now, what if they ended up making a bigger statement and saying, we're done, we're not playing at all? Now they're actually sacrificing something. Yeah. But then pushing something back, knowing that they'll just postpone it and play like a day later, it's not really sacrificing anything. They're still getting paid. Right. They did make a statement, but there's no sacrifice. And what kind of statement would they make if they actually said, you know what, we're over this. We're tired of making the NBA or whoever money or we're going to stand with these people. We're not going to play. I think that's going to be a bigger statement, but is it anyone willing well, to go that far? You, you have to remember, though, they're part of a collective union. This is this is the other part that I, I don't think the kind of the common person understands about like a league like the NBA, right? So you have veterans, and you know all the names that you would recognize, like a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry, a LeBron James. All of those guys have been, all of those guys have been paid, right? They don't. They could walk in and just say hey yeah deuces i i'm sitting this out i i want to bring more attention to x y and z 
But the guy that was just drafted sitting on the end of the bench, then they're pulling money out of that guy's pocket. And they're hurting him and his future capabilities of being able to help his family, uh, make a difference in his neighborhood, uh, be part of charitable things that, that he wants to be a part of because he's not able to get a, a game check because all the, the higher paid veterans you, you know, are walking out. And that was, that was a big point of contention over actually the Bucks sitting down. The, the, there was a players' meeting after that happened because the Bucks did that unilaterally without talking to the rest of the players' union, which put them all in a weird spot. So what ended up happening was there was a huge argument over that, and, and there is some validity to that. You know, uh, who who's willing to to sacrifice their job and their livelihood? You, you know, it's easier to sacrifice your job and your livelihood when you don't need it. I agree. But doesn't it make the statement that much more stronger if you're willing to sacrifice it in the long term for society or if the BLM movement or just your culture, if you're truly putting that first, wouldn't you put that first over a paycheck? And in the long run, wouldn't that be more important? I'm not saying they should do it. That's a very tough decision. I don't think I could do it or make that decision, but I'm just saying if you put yourself out there, then wouldn't you go the extra mile instead of just step on the line and then go back? You know, you're just, that's kind of what they're doing right now. Just kind of tippy-toeing like, Hey, we're making this statement. And then they go back and like, okay, we're going to play. Well, I think the problem is, is when you have a large union of players like that, you have a lot of people that feel passionately about different things. And it's, it, you know, anyone that's been a part of a team knows that when you, the more people you add to a team, the, the, the crazier the dynamic is going to get. I mean, it's just like adding me in with the two fools, you know? I mean, it just <laughs> makes a crazy dynamic for the show, right? So it, it, it becomes more challenging. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. But you're speaking in a union perspective. Let's just say one person does it. One athlete. Why? What's to stop that one person from doing it? If LeBron James decided to walk away, That'd they would the shut. They would, yeah, but they would sh- it'd shut the rest of the NBA down, and he would be essentially costing all the other people that's a part of the same union that he's a part of that makes him great. It would cost all them their game checks and their money, their livelihood, and everything. And I, I don't, you know, there's, it's more complicated with an athlete because of the many layers to it than just an individual. I mean, like, I don't think so. I don't think LeBron's bigger than the game. I don't think if LeBron stepped away, the game would stop. It would. They, they would play without him. No, they wouldn't. I think they would. I think they would, too. I, without him. no way. They, they, would. they wouldn't be able to market it. The would NBA you? is all about making money, man. You can market it without LeBron. If they play. still play it without uh, Lebr- uh, LeBron not playing, actually, that's the biggest marketing thing you can get. LeBron's not playing in the NBA, and that's how all the press and stuff they're going to get for the <clears> NBA <throat> just on that alone. Did, did the did the league make more money or less money with Michael Jordan on TV? It, you know, like that's the thing, right? Like LeBron's the biggest name. In actually, the game. yeah, but your point, LeBron's the reason why I don't even watch basketball anymore. <laughs> Anyone could. <laughs> Whenever you flip-flop to teams just to go to the Lakers best team. Lakers and four. <laughs> yeah, anytime you go to the – but this is not even about basketball. But he ruined basketball. It's a watered-down sport. 
but that's not the topic. But I will say this. You say one man will bring it down, but let's go back to 9-11 when Pat Tillman decided when 9-11 happened, he joined the Army. He became an Army Ranger. He decided that it was his best interest for his country that we were attacked. He gave up the sport he loved, the millions of dollars, and he joined the Army. He gave up everything for something he believed in. It wasn't millions of dollars. Let's, yes, let, it, was. it was his I, career. That he, career gave his, he gave up his current career. It wasn't for millions of dollars. It's not. He was not giving up the type of money that some of these guys would be giving up right now today. Like he's Colin giving Kaepernick. up seven times more money than I will ever make. <clears throat> he, yeah, you're probably right. So, <laughs> so to, to build to the army of all places. But, okay. that, but my point is, he believed in something. He sacrificed something because that it, it's a sacrifice, no matter how much he sacrificed. And he gave his life for something he believed in. Could you say these NBA players could do something similar by stepping away from the game the way he stepped away from the game? I I think what they need to do is they the problem. I think part of the problem is is and you're you're seeing it, they want to do something, but because they're trapped inside of their their bubble, they feel limited in doing so. They can't go and impact their immediate communities that they're a part of because they're not at home right now. They're in this bubble. They're, they're trying to do their job, and they're, they're, they're kind of confined. But they can leave the bubble anytime they want. Yes. They can step away from the game anytime they want. And that's right. And that's my point. Is what they're doing now enough? I don't, if, I don't know if it is, if they truly if believe COVID, in the cause. If COVID was not happening... But COVID is just an excuse or an obstacle that's keeping them from doing something. COVID is the reason the bubble exists. But we're talking about the bubble. I'm saying they could leave that bubble anytime. Yeah, but it would. It, it, it doesn't make sense for them to do that. Why? Be, because part of what, what empowers them and enables them to do the charitable things that they do is they're athletes. They're on TV. They get paid but this more money. But this is my they point. They get paid more. You can't be charitable if you have nothing to give. This is my point. Is throwing money at the problem enough? Oh no, I would never. I would never say throwing money at the problem is enough if you're capable of doing more. So let's go well, back to the bigger question: Is what actually equals "quote unquote" enough? Like a lot of these people, like Pat Tillman, will say, you know, true American. Right. He went to the uh, the army, you know, he served his country, he gave up what he wants for, you know, he put he puts athletes at a very high pedestal to kind of live up for because I can't say if I was in the same shoes, I would drop my lucrative national football league career spot to go and join the army. I can't say I would do that. I mean, sure, it may cross my mind. I would probably think better of it and not do it because <laughs> I don't want to get shot at. But that that's just me. Not as saying I'm not like any less of American because of that or, you know, or does that mean I am not an American because I chose not to like do something like that and join like the army uh, is kind of to your point earlier. Is that, ty- is that the type of sacrifice that is needed in order to make some type of impact? Well, that was a 9-11 kind of reference. Right. But... I'm not saying LeBron needs to join the army. I'm just saying. But uh, you kind of said a little bit earlier, and I'm not saying you, you totally mean this I, though. But you, you're saying 
there has to be some type of sacrifice to be made in order for to I'm make not saying there has to be one sacrifice. I, I'm just saying, are they doing enough? It's a, it's the question. I'm not sure that them just throwing money at the problem or bringing up questions or wearing T-shirts. You know, are they are they marching with the people that are protesting? Are they? So, and, and some are like um, Russell Westbrook. I know he attended he attended a protesting march in his uh, where he grew up in I believe Compton, I think it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so him, by him doing that and standing with his people, I think that's showing that that he's with them, he's part of them. He didn't forget where he came from. Um, that's doing a little bit more than just kind of talking or missing the game, you know, because he's standing with his people. It, it, it's all about, it, it all comes down to time commitment, in my opinion. It, 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 because time is probably the most valuable asset that uh-huh. any of these people have. I think, I think we can all, I, I would hope we all agree with that. Time, right? Would that not be the most valuable asset one of these guys has to offer? They have time, money, platform. If, if, I, have, if I have a few million dollars, right? Me, me throwing $500,000 at something it, and it doesn't hurt or bother me or impact me at all towards a cause or something, that, that's, that's just chump change. I'm just, I'm just throwing some cash at it to say, you know, I'm a part of it, whatever. It, you know, you move on in life, right? But it, if you throw 500000 or however much you want to throw at something and then you also invest time to see how that money is, is coming to fruition or playing out or... You're, you're going, it's, it's one thing to donate to a food bank. It's another thing to donate your time to go to the food bank and, 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 and fill the plates for the homeless people that are possibly passing through that are being fed. It's easy to, to show up and just donate or give something away. It's a whole other level when you show up. And you're willing to put the time and the work and the effort in to actually make something happen. You have lots of people that are willing to give money to churches and whatnot, but not a lot of people are willing to volunteer at a church to have an impact on youth or, uh, you know, to lead a Bible study or to, you know, to do whatever uh, in the community. It, you know, there's lots of people that will donate a nickel or however much towards recycling or cleaning up the neighborhoods or whatever but finding someone willing to sacrifice a saturday to you know once a month to go out and actually clean the neighborhood that's a totally different topic and and that's the thing that i always look at with with athletes right are they what are they doing with their time i i hope they're wonderful athletes i hope they succeed professionally and and get out of it what they put in and they they get paid appropriately and they're empowered to do whatever they want with their money but at some point, you know, it's like, it, I, know, I know someone's for real by what they're doing with their time because it's too easy to write a check for some people. Right. And I, I think I'm not the biggest fan of LeBron on the court, but I do think talking role models, although I do agree with uh, Charles Barkley, I do think um, other players should look at the way LeBron conducts himself off the court and the way he kind of pushes his money towards, like, uh, when he created the school for the underprivileged kids and gave them bikes and and just stuff like that. I I applaud him for that kind of stuff. And in that sense, 
I think he does do enough for his community. But when the question is, should athletes be doing anything at all? Should they, are they doing enough? It's to the point where I don't expect an athlete to be involved because the, their job is to play, to dribble a ball, to throw a ball, to hit a ball. That's their job. But once they start getting involved into the politics and the, the activists and stuff like that, well, they're in the bigger spotlight than everybody else. So then it becomes what they're doing. Is it for a show or are they actually doing something that matters, something that's going to change? And that's where I kind of I kind of look at them like maybe they should be doing more because they're putting themselves out there. But I don't expect them to. But once they throw themselves into it, then they're kind of throwing themselves into the spotlight. And now people are looking and judging and expecting things. I don't feel like they throw themselves into the spotlight. I feel media and other people actually bring them into the spotlight. Like, you can get, like, an interview or something like, oh, yeah, hey, you scored 33 points tonight. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. Hey, by the way, that guy who got shot last week, what do you think about that? Oh, you, the statement without even thinking really too sensitive. Look at, look at uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees started talking about, you know, the national anthem, about everybody kneeling for the flag. And um, he... What he said wasn't wrong, but what he said about, you know, he believed in the flag and, like, standing for the national anthem and saying like that totally went against, like, what the movement was currently doing right now, Black Lives Matter. The, the, problem, the problem that I had kind of with the whole thing with Drew Brees was it, if you listen to what he said in its entirety, he just explained why he himself would not be taking a knee. Right. He he explained what he saw when he saw the American flag, and it was almost, it, it was almost like because of the climate, there was this huge backlash at him. If you're not with us, you're against us. It, well, that. yeah, it's like he can't feel or think something different than than someone else. I mean, there's a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds out there. People are gonna see and feel and and think through things differently than others based on life experiences and their and their scope of life and, and all that stuff. I, it's just, I, I almost felt like after he said that, people were doing to him what they felt like they were receiving. And and that, I didn't feel that was fair. And then they were forcing Drew Brees to pedal things back. And, you know, Drew Brees, from all accounts, is a really charitable guy and tries to do a lot in his community as well. So, you know, I, I just think, I think at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it really comes down to kind of tolerance and understanding of one another. And honestly, I, I would challenge anyone, go, go out and run three miles and then come back in, sit down and take like a geometry test or something. I mean, it's really not. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you, you, you know, like these, these guys aren't. I, I just it doesn't make any sense to me like I, I don't I don't care what these guys think politically I watch them because of what they do and performance wise if they, they I'm sure they have interests that are going to be good and bad you know off the court but it, it shouldn't I, I, it just it makes no sense to me how they how they diminish people so quickly if they express an opinion or how they feel about something because that's their opinion that's how they feel Right, that's a good point. Tolerance and understanding. It feels like there's just not enough of it. 
going on with these last few months. And I think if everyone just took a step back and used a little more understanding and a little more tolerance, we wouldn't be in um, such a bad position. It goes back to the, when I always think of the example you made, I, I think of this example, it goes to the kid who gets abused at home then that kid goes to school and starts bullying other kids because he receives it at home. He has to unleash that anger on other people. It's almost as if, as James said, if you're not with us, you're against us. Well, it's if, if you're not with us, they're unleashing the anger out on these people. For example, Drew Brees for speaking in his mind. And... It's just, I think we need a little bit more tolerance and understanding. I think that was well put. Agreed. Well, I, some of our law enforcement people and things like that, I, you know, tolerance and understanding goes all the way around. Um, just because someone's in law enforcement or, you know, something along those lines, they're going to be, it doesn't mean they don't have a bad day. <laughs> I mean, I've been, and it's kind of funny, I, I was sent to traffic school. It was, a, it was a wonderful teacher. Long story short, he one of the pieces of advice that he gave the class was he said, listen, from now on, whenever any of you guys get pulled over, put your hands up on the steering wheel, 10 and 2, because when a police officer sees that, you de-escalate the situation. They know you're not fumbling around. They know you're not looking for something. They know you're not hiding something. They, they know... You, you de-escalate the situation by doing small things. And in a similar fashion, I think we need to be uh, aware of other people and from where they might be coming from us, uh, from or at or what opinion, and, and find ways to de-escalate situations to, to help the other person have a more reasonable line of discussion with you. You, you know, that's that we don't do enough of that. It's really a lot of uh, emotional and social intelligence that we we seem to have lost over time. I, I don't know if it's due to all the technology we're using these days and not doing enough talking to one another, but it, it, I don't know if it's related or not. I'd have to find a study or something, but it, it could be. I don't know. Well, I think that's good. And, and another tip for 10 and 2, also, if it's nighttime, turn on the light on the car. Also, cops will appreciate that. If you couldn't tell, Sabri and I have been pulled over quite a bit. <laughs> That's true. I'm trying to remember, like, when's the last time I got pulled over? I was thinking, okay, yeah, 10 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, also, interesting thing. So, Kaepernick was not the first person took a knee or sat down. So, during 1996, a uh Denver Nugget point guard, would um, sit down during the Star Spangled Banner. And when they asked him why, he said the flag was a symbol of oppression. So this has been going on for years, years before Kaepernick and all that. So he was, uh, he kind of sat down for something he believed in. And and years, what, what's that, 25 years later, it's still going on, so... Yeah, he he got beat up over that too, pretty. Oh good. yeah, I remember. I re- I remember that. I mean, he. It, it, well, you think it's hard now? <clears throat> imagine doing it back in yeah, '96. It, it was it was much tougher in '96 to do something like that because he just, man, yeah. I mean, the outrage. I I remember it being all over the place, and it became a big deal. 
And I, I think to some uh, certain extent, it actually turned a lot of NBA teams off because they didn't want to deal with the distraction. It, it started to turn into a distraction for the team that he was playing for, and he bounced around the league a little bit because of it after that. And I think eventually he he ended up just not being in the league, and he was he was still a pretty solid player. He was. He was the number three pick, I believe, of his draft. And, yeah, he was a good point guard, but... Um, he stood up for something he believed in, and, you know, he took the criticism and eventually got banished for it. So when you talk about career suicide, he was one that did that. He did career suicide, and the same thing with Colin Kaepernick going uh, forward, like I said, 25 years later. What's interesting to me, though, I, I see things like that, and that's kind of like the point you bring where you sacrifice to make a bold statement. I now I look at you know those examples and then I look at the recent playoff postponement right mm-hmm. and to your comment about like should they do more or was it enough you know I think the playoff was the absolute safest thing they could do without causing a huge up a huge uproar. Well, so my point is how. My point is they took the safe route. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But how is them taking the safe route going to change anything? It's not. Exactly. But they, they want to make it look like they're showing some type of face. So what can we do that we don't jeopardize? So I don't jeopardize my career and I can still play the next day. But I still want to make it look like they're trying to appease both sides. It feels like. They're, they're trying to appease both sides and what they really realistically need to do is and you know i'm sure there's a lot more going on in that bubble than uh what what any of us really know uh but just from what i do know and from the outside looking in i would just be playing i'd be trying to play to get the season done so that i could get back to my my family my um you know my 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 community, my, my group of people, so I can be there to have a direct impact on them, to uh, support them, love them, bring about change. Because what makes you important to this is you being able to play, earn a living, gain some type of notoriety that, that would add to some sort of change or movement that you want to see have happen that might inspire some people to follow you. It, it doesn't really help you at all to... To sit a game, you just delay you getting back to your community, essentially, and you go back to playing. Right. And by them taking the safe route, why take any route at all? You know, I get they're bringing attention. Um, even at this point, though, do they even need to bring attention to the subject? It's so popular and everybody kind of knows about it. So other than them bringing attention to the matter... What are they really doing? Like when they when they wear the T-shirt, like like I can't breathe and and save Brianna or or whatever. They're just bringing attention to the subject, but what is it really doing? You know. And if they're not standing out there with the people that they're bringing the attention to, are they really doing anything at all? One thing that I think has really spurred a lot of this, and and a lot of people talk about this, was the the death and the passing of Muhammad Ali. And when he passed, you you had a lot of people almost get reintroduced to who and what he was 
and why he was a big deal and the fact that he he was part of the, the civil rights movement and and all of those things and it was almost like a history lesson when he passed away and a lot of people wanted to to somehow tap into that and and i think i think a lot of what you see going on and coming to fruition is i think a lot of these guys feel inspired by that and they're trying to tap into that and you know maybe in some ways they're doing it right and in some ways they're doing it wrong but um i i just kind of i keep going back to muhammad ali when i when i look at kind of what's going on now and i just feel like uh, from from his life and 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 kind of what he stood for and he did and and they're trying to somehow carry that torch forward uh, and and into this century. So Muhammad Ali definitely was um, a was, sports figure. He was the center of controversy. <laughs> well, for certain but he was he was an activist. He stood up for what he believed in, and in his prime, he refused to. Uh, uh, go to war, so they they arrested him for a draft evasion, and they took away his championship belt, and I believe he lost five years of his prime where he couldn't box. That's a sacrifice. With the NBA players today, though, if as what you said, Joe, if they're trying to live up to that Muhammad Ali, I'm not sure it would matter because if you go back to Jordan, and even in the last dance they showed where he was expected to support uh, a Democrat, uh, Harvey Gantt, and because he was black and Jordan was the a high black profile athlete for that, that area, he was expected to support him. But Jordan didn't want to, took a little backlash. But if you look at Jordan now, no one re- really remembers it. No one really blames Jordan for not being involved as an activist or supporting. And he's one of the richest athletes ever to play the game. So if they're not doing it for the right reason, then it shows they could take the path to Jordan and still be successful. But it does seem like a confusing time where they do feel like they kind of have to be involved, but they can't make everybody mad and they don't know what to do. So I think the big, the big problem with it is nowadays, like I mentioned earlier, you have players unions, you you have people a part of teams. Muhammad Ali was a singular individual. What he decided on, what he wanted to do, it impacted him and him alone. It didn't, it didn't impact anyone on the team with him, whereas someone like a LeBron James, if he were to walk away, take a stance, it would impact every player in that league. It impact all of them. And most likely, they would have to shut the league down. I it, disagree, because now you're saying the one player is bigger than the sport. He is. He no. is the sport right now. No. The players would follow suit. I'm telling you right now. Well, there's a difference between them following. They suit would follow suit the, because if LeBron's be not going to play, they're not going to play. I agree. They would follow LeBron. But the problem, the 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 problem is, is with Muhammad Ali's decision, it had singular impact to him and him alone. Whereas, you, you can't put this type of 
decision, I feel, like on someone like LeBron James, who he has a wonderful track record of trying to help his community that we already discussed. But him walking away has a direct impact on a lot more people than just himself. And that's the problem with with something like that when you're talking about athletes wrapped up in a team sport or something. I mean, if you're talking about a tennis player or something like that, it's it's a, a single sport. I think it's a little different. Yeah. Well, it's it's a you're walking a super fine line, really. Of uh, we can go on and on about if they're doing enough, should they be doing more? Should they not be doing anything? Yeah. No, it's it's, it's definitely up in the air. It's it's opinionated. Everyone's going to have a different opinion, and that's fine. Everyone's going to have a different expectation from their athlete. Like, as far as I go, is I don't expect an athlete to get involved. If they do get involved, I expect them to kind of jump in, not just kind of half-ass it and then call it a day. It's If you decide to be involved, you're involved. If you decide not to be involved, that's okay. Don't be involved, but don't kind of half-ass it, throw some money at the problem, hoping it goes away or or whatever. I would say excel. Be good at what you're meant to be good at. Excel at it. Be the best you can be at it. And then when you're not doing whatever it is you're supposed to be, you know, be, be a, a, a good person. Do the right thing. Uh, you know, spend time in your community. Try to make those around you better. Invest time into people. You know, you could throw money at it also, and and things along those those lines. But uh, what are you doing with your time? Are you being a good father? Are you being a good family man? Things like that start to trickle down and have a direct impact on your community. So, I mean, I would I would have that expectation of everyone, let alone an athlete. Athletes, I feel like they're put on a little bit more of a, like, like again, I said, they, they're put on a pedestal. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion. Everybody's going to say shit in passing. I like we brought up the Drew Brees situation. And, you know, we're in a today's world where, like, literally anybody can have a voice. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. 144 characters can get you into so much trouble today. <laughs> right? And it's like to say some shit that you just either took, somebody took it out of context or like, even like before we were trying to research this podcast, uh, we found a meme by Larry Bird. Um, Larry Bird didn't say this, but in the meme, it basically said that the, the NBA basketball players should basically just kind of shut up and dribble. They should, you know, not uh, stand it up for anything that's going on. Just do your job and play ball. And a lot of people took that as like Larry Bird actually said it. He didn't. But uh, there's so much thing that can kind of float around the Internet today so i think that's kind of a good way to end it um if you have any questions or we're curious actually what do you guys think you guys think your athlete should be involved should they uh, just keep to themselves and play ball or do you think they should be more involved in the community and uh supporting um you know the activists and everything else Yep, love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook, shoot up an Instagram message. Uh, hit up the message and anchor here. You can actually leave us a voicemail and maybe we'll play your message on a later episode. But until then, we will catch you guys in the next episode. All right, have a safe week. Take care.